Welcome to the Community Health Alliances podcast brought to you by Monarch Healthcare Management as a donation to Care Resource Connection. Welcome to the Community Health Alliance podcast. I'm Steve Coring, Fire Chief for the City of St. Louis Park. And I'm Amy Luck, the CEO of Care Resource Connection. Welcome back to our listeners. Uh, we're, today we're going to continue our, our discussions around communities who are looking to improve and to explore areas of community health. And we are fortunate to have as uh, part of our podcast today, uh, the chief of Fridley, uh, Minnesota, uh, Madison Zickman. Madison, welcome to the podcast. Give us a little idea what's going on in Fridley. Thanks, Chief. Happy to be here and uh, thanks for having me. So I was fortunate enough to be introduced to Amy many years ago while I was at a, a former fire department, but at the time weren't quite ready to explore this idea and, and really trying to wrap our heads around it, like some of you uh, who are listening today may be in that situation. But as I was able to move to Fridley and uh, fortunate enough to become their fire chief, we, we realized a, a larger ongoing issue amongst the community and that revolved around community health. It's not only our senior population, uh, but all sorts of social determinants of health amongst our demographics. And I felt as the fire department, we had a responsibility to, to do something about that. And so I engaged Amy uh, once again and Care Resource Connection, and together this idea started to unfold. And we're fortunate now today to have a full-time firefighter who is dedicated to community health. Uh, her name is Elisa. She will also be going through community health worker certification through Normandale College and hope to utilize both sides of that coin, both the firefighter aspect, which is important in, in how we go about this, but then also the recognized CHW license and the work that she'll continue to do here in Fridley. Absolutely. We're really excited to uh, work together with the Fridley Fire Department and, and public safety. Interesting enough, they we started the, the pilot a long time ago in, in Anoka County, and we have had open arms welcoming us, welcoming us back to, to that county to bring the community back together. And there's a lot of great work, a lot of great initiatives that we'll be doing and piloting in, in, in the city of Fridley. I know the other day I attended a, a community gathering of community-based resources who were brought into your fire department to share kind of what the message is and where the program's going. And what was the takeaway from that, from that meeting? Yeah, last week we, uh, as as you said, Chief brought in quite a few community partners and and far more that we're starting to engage with that that simply couldn't make that meeting. But the the general takeaway is just the awe that we see from most of those community partners. They all have, uh, they're all experts in their fields, and certainly do work well beyond the capacity uh, that a fire department or any city government could do. But there's rarely connections for each of them to, to work with each other. Or when those do exist, it's because of a person-to-person -person relationship. It's not because there's an alliance behind the scenes that they actually have a framework to utilize. And so 
some of them who have already been working with you and Care Resource Connection certainly were there just to to smile and share their their good knowledge of what's already working here in St. Louis Park. But for our new partners, it really was the aha moment and creating the buy-in that this is something that we can do, that the fire department is a perfect facilitator for, and that they likely don't have uh, currently within their organization, no matter a, a small nonprofit, a mom and pop private partnership, or even for our large corporations that uh, that have locations in Fredley or around Anoka County. So, you know, we've we've talked about this on the podcast, uh, the importance of the fire department, right? The, the most trusted local community resource is the fire department. Have you found that to be an easy message to evangelize in uh, in Fridley? Uh, do they do they get why the fire department's doing this work? I think so. And and that's to that exact point. We're trusted not only by the community, but but by extension, the nonprofits and the other corporations in in town that we work with. And that's a responsibility that we can't take lightly. But I think uh, the meeting that we alluded to last week, that that's a perfect example of why they can believe that this works is because it is not a specific healthcare system, an elected official or, or other body that's moving it forward. It's the trusted voice of the fire department. And, and that's why it was important for me and Fridley to hire a firefighter and important that that was an existing member that had buy-in to the community, that knew our community partners and is still going to embrace that uniform to its full extent uh, to, to create the initial buy-in, but also to carry that message forward. Um, certainly utilizing clinicians and experts and, and uh, others as we continue the alliance forward. Uh, but for us, it was really important that that was a, a firefighter for that exact reason. So Amy, you have, uh, we've, you know, we know what the resources look like, community-based resources look like here in St. Louis Park. Um, if you could share with the listeners, I mean, a lot of people would probably say, well, resources, community-based resources in our area probably aren't going to be as open to this or help, help the listeners kind of understand why community-based resources are ready to listen to this message. Yeah. So regardless, like the chief said, where, where you are, community resources, um, they all plug in a little bit differently. They, they look a little different from St. Louis Park versus Anoka County because each community is unique. However, there's many people within the communities that are working on the same, the same initiative, but they just don't know what their neighbors are doing, even in the same city. So, you know, like we had talked about before, the first step is to acknowledge that there's even an issue that you need to connect to community resources in the first place. Um, Hennepin County does a great job uh, of that. Anoka County is is getting a lot better. There there's still some um, some areas that are are kind of resource uh, uh, really resource light uh, as you get up north a little bit more in Anoka County, but they're they're open and willing to learn. They're open and willing to uh, collaborate in, in this space now. And I think with the uh, you know, COVID, like we talked about before, it, it opened up and, and exposed a lot of the gaps. But as far as community-driven um, needs, I like the city of Fridley and in Anoka County, they're they're really looking at 
the the broad the broad version here of not only do we have a huge need for mental health, uh, uh, an increased um, population of, of homelessness, but we're also having uh, a, a lot of re restructuring and, and redevelopment where we're seeing a lot more multi-housing, a lot more senior housing. Um, and so where these areas used to be more, uh, you know, single family driven where you had uh, folks living in, in the community and now they're selling their homes, moving into condos, moving into senior living campuses. And that changes the dynamic um, within the community a lot. And when that happens, it's so easy for these communities to kind of silo off and think, well, they're here, so we don't need to really go into this space. There's resources connected. But it again, we're assuming these things. And until you really get in there and have the conversations, um, that's where you start looking at where the gaps are. I would guess that, <clears throat> you know, the demographics and the the statistical kind of review of what you do. I mean, if you're like every fire department, 75 to or so percent of your business is EMS, right? Um, and of that, of that percentage of EMS calls for in your day-to-day workload, there's a, just a ton of that, that volume that is really less about uh, emergency medical services and more about just needing to be connected to resources and to be reimagining how do they utilize 911. Is that's, is that true in Fridley? Absolutely. Like like you said, Chief, uh, just shy of 75% of our call volume is EMS related. And of that 75%, those the, the driving factors are the low acuity calls. And even for residents that are not necessarily high call volume users where they're calling 911 on a regular basis, even when uh, someone calls 911 for the first time, it may still be a, a lower utilization call, something that they they really should not have or needed to call 911 for. And that was part of the driving factor here and justification was to reduce call volume, but more so we're experts in this field. We're, we're not physicians, but we are experts in EMS and getting back to that trusted face. If, if we're expected to relieve pain and suffering on someone's worst day, and we have the knowledge and resources to prevent that from happening in the first place, then we felt as though it was our responsibility to take action and be proactive as opposed to let's, let's wait for the worst to happen so that we can help you. Well, why not prevent the worst from happening in the first place? When some of that was driven by law enforcement as well, certainly their call volume in the same sense is uh, heavily weighted towards EMS, mental health, transient population, uh, substance abuse, and the the list goes on. But by by turn, the fire department on the on the backside of that has the same type of call volume, and we started to see in in recent years where we were tied up on those calls, where we were going through the the motions of trying to be proactive and uh, taking vital signs, checking in with patients to see how we can. Uh, reduce the chance of a, a fall or a, a minor EMS call from happening again or a resource to go to the clinic or the hospital as a self-transport. But in the midst of doing that, we're then tied up for a more serious call that the fire department is um, known and expected to respond to. So th- this was kind of to combat both of those things. And uh, again, just that responsibility to our population that even though 
traditionally, a citizen may not expect a firefighter to come in their home to uh, do a home safety visit and check for hazards of falls and burns and uh, everything else. Again, we, we're the we're the trusted name, and we have that resource and knowledge. Why not be a better servant to our citizens and, and provide that service to them? So I I know that um, you bring up an, a really good point about the reliability of the fire department, right? So. Uh, being available to respond to the call that happens next, not the call that's, you know, being driven by that. You know, when you get your staff out on a call, the second call or the third call occurs, uh, a lot of our listeners are fire chiefs and, and fire department personnel who struggle with that, right? The reliability of their department, being available for that next call. Um, and when staffing is so difficult to to increase in our, because of budgets and and all the challenges that cities are having with, uh, you know, funding government. This seems like a really good message for firefighters, firefighters who are sitting at the table struggling to understand why something doesn't change for these people. Um, it's a good message, wouldn't you say, to have the firefighters see something that's happening that improves the quality of life and maybe places less demand uh, that kind of that compassion fatigue, if you will, on the firefighters for going to that same call over and over for that same person. Absolutely. It's the the classic, how can we help ourselves? Um, every firefighter on the interview for a job or a promotion says that they, they're here to serve their community. And yet the the way that we do that traditionally is is simply respond to a fire after it's happened. But I, I know every firefighter in, in their heart believes that they want to serve their community. And, and this is uh, by far a better use of our resources. But even if, even if it's difficult to wrap your head around the, the fire prevention message or preventing EMS calls, this truly is how we can, can help ourselves. This is not going to stop heart attacks from happening or stop falls from happening, but it is designed to uh, alleviate those low acuity, high call volume calls that no matter the time of day, no matter the existing resources, relieve the burden for the fire department and therefore the the firefighters. And it may require a, a few more resources on the front end, but we've seen already through uh, data analysis that that pays immense dividends on the back end on uh, the resources that it can save and, and now make available for true emergency calls or or you know, other programs that uh, we want to bring to the community. So Amy, maybe you can share with listeners who might be joining the podcast for the first time to help them understand a little bit about how the, the, the care resource connection, the, the care coordination model supports the work that uh, say Chief Sickman's doing in Fridley. How does that create sustainable uh, solutions for those residents in Fridley? So the care resource connection, uh, care coordination model that we designed puts a process in place and a timeline to what it is we're doing before and after. Um, so it gives, it also gives the firefighters um, an option to reach out in in the moment, if needed, and and after. Um, but the way it works is just by asking the simple question: Are you open and willing to accept help? And really recognizing how after that that 911 call bringing that narrative back bringing that referral back to that point person in the fire department 
we can hand it over to a care coordinator and say, okay, this is what we found. This is the, the information we've done. Go in and gather the information with the safe home visit and then connect down to um, the care team again and then bring in the needed resources. But all of that is done within within a time frame, a, a time frame that works within um, insurance, Medicare guidelines, things of that nature. And, and the, the providers in the community understand this process because it's, it's designed to help them help their patients um, connect to where they need to go. And by having the fire department in the middle of that, that portion that the care team doesn't know, that's that needed piece that before from the time the person calls to the time the fire department gets there. Um, Cause many times, sometimes they'll say, I don't want to be transported. And the, the only people that know that information are the fire department. So the care team needs to connect those dots in order to make appropriate changes in the care plan. And it's their duty to act and do the, those types of things to keep that patient, you know, safe and well. Well, we are excited, you know, that, uh, that another community is stepping up uh, to, to kind of spread the word, if you will. I mean, we've been, uh, this Community Health Alliance has uh, done great work. We, we're very proud of the work we've done here, but it's even more uh Kind of a, more of a, an excitement, exciting legacy conversation when you take a take a look at the communities who are starting to do this work. We we ex, we're excited that Fridley's jumping in, and and under your leadership, Chief Sickman, that there's going to be some some significant opportunities in your community. Uh, do you find that your fire department's ready for the challenge? Are they? Is it? Do you have pretty widespread acceptance across the the organization? Well, we, we know how well firefighters accept change. So there, uh, there certainly was a very deliberate strategy uh, for the implementation of this, not something that we just decided overnight and, and uh, you know, hired a new position. But all the way through, regardless of, of having a dedicated staff person, you know, it could likely be done internally through a, a pilot, um, fire marshal's office, fire prevention. But uh, b before any of that happens, we were engaged with not only our city leadership, with community partners, uh, with the nonprofits in the area, and obviously then internally with our firefighters uh, to create buy-in, to make sure that this was going to be accepted. Because regardless of uh, a dedicated staff person, she's, she's behind the scenes. And even though after a referral comes in, the, the ball's in her court, it still takes the firefighters to see the risks in the community, uh, to, to really want to do better and, and refer these patients or to recognize some of the hazards that uh, they, they may not have realized on a, a previous call before some training. But the, the relationship with Care Resource Connection has, has brought some of that as well in training for our firefighters in a very systematic approach and a lot of times when, when we go through change, it, it's simply fear of the unknown. And by doing this slowly, deliberately, and adding in all of those pieces, I think we eliminated a lot of that unknown. And so the transition was, you know, much smoother than, than it could have been. We're still working through that. It's, uh, it, you know, it's been six months from the very infancy and, and just a month or two from really a robust system and framework. But now the firefighters are starting to see the, the back end of that and, and what the benefit is to, uh, to them, to the fire department, 
and to our citizens. And some of that message has even gotten back to our elected officials already, whether that's through nonprofit referral, through our health systems. Uh, we have a hospital in Fridley or from a specific resident that, uh, you know, is a neighbor, a coworker, a friend with a, an elected official or a, a leader in, in city government that says, wow, this is this is pretty cool. And it, it only takes a couple of those to really cement the, the program's integrity and its worth and value, not only within the fire department, but uh, within the city as a whole. Well, you were we're running too short on time, but I wanted to make sure that uh, you brought up one real quick thing I want to make sure our listeners understand, and that is for those of you listening who are really thinking about or want to explore this conversation, it's important to note that there is uh, a very detailed process and a training program that has been created uh, through Care Resource Connection. And uh, what's important to know about that is that you are not on this mission alone. There will be support. And, uh, and a lot of energy behind making sure that you have every opportunity to be successful. Chief Zickman, thank you for being here today. Amy, anything else from you? No, I just want to thank you and, and thank your department for allowing uh, us to bring the program there and just really excited for all the community resources uh, post our, our community meeting uh, to get together again and, and start putting this in, into process. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Thank you all. Thank you and be well. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please tune in next Wednesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts.